topic again is um, what makes the Advent the Advent on being a gospel-centered church. Now, and that, and that, I think there's something important in the, the, the primary title there, too, is uh, that the colloquial term that we use to refer to the church is the Advent. Just so you know, um, that's what most people say. When someone says the cathedral, it's a bit awkward. You know that that person's like not in the know or something. Um, so insider info for being here at the newcomers class. Um, but yeah, the cathedral church of the Advent. Most people just say say the Advent. Um, and the gospel, being a gospel-centered church, um, what does that mean? Um, well, a lot of people, you know, the gospel is a kind of word that unfortunately has been sort of... Um, used so much that it's almost lost its meaning you know it's used as a as an adjective uh, like gospel music um, or um, people will uh, you know talk about the, the they'll say the gospel and the, what they mean is not actually what we think um, some people are are, are are correct but a lot of people use it in a way that's just sort of flippant Unfortunately, therefore, it's, I think, in the 21st century, losing its meaning or has lost its meaning. Uh, and so what we mean by that is the, is the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ, not an adjective, but a noun, um, some information about what happened, how God was at work 2,000 years ago um, uh, here on earth on a, a hill outside of Jerusalem and a tomb from which he raised, um, and what that means for us. And the, the helpful thing, therefore, and this will come up uh, through my own teaching as we continue to gather and some of the other teaching uh, when other folks, uh, is, uh, is an understanding of what it means to be human, therefore. Like, why, why do we need Jesus Christ? Why did all this happen? Well, I think, first of all, it's helpful to to just be uh, with realistic grips of uh, w- with who we are and what we're like, and and that means that that people are broken um, and uh, and cannot be perfect. Uh, let's just accept that. Have you you know are you perfect? I hope you would agree that you would say maybe you try but continually fail. <laughs> Um, and so therefore, you know, we need a rescuer, we need a mediator, we need intervention, uh, because God demands perfection. That's what the Ten Commandments are all about. I should have brought in another prop. Someone gave me this little book that's called The Exceptions to the Ten Commandments. It's a little book that I keep in my office, and when you open it, it's full of blank pages. <laughs> now, that's true. It's funny, but it's actually true. The Jesus Christ on the Sermon on the Mount says, Be therefore perfect, like your Father in heaven isn't perfect is perfect. Well, it's almost satire. It probably it might have been satire because it's absolutely impossible. He was uh, he was raising the ante so high that we might say, uh, Lord, I cannot help me. Um, I repent. Um, and therefore, Jesus Christ had to come to intervene on our behalf. Uh, and uh, and so what does that mean for us, you know, uh, in an existential sense, in a, in a sense of uh, eternity? What does that mean right now on, what is it, September 13th, 2015, with like where you are? And so a lot of the teaching and preaching here at the Advent is centered around uh, this message of the gospel. And one way that I like to sort of give you an idea of what that means is there's a difference between good news and good advice. Um, a lot of churches, if you go to them, what they're going to give you is, is really good advice. Um, 
and they'll even have sermon or, pre, or teaching series about tips for this and that, a healthy marriage, um, you know, fill in, uh, you know, maybe even a teaching series about anxiety. Whereas from here, from our pulpit, we'll say, cast all your anxieties on him. <laughs> That's the difference, is the, is the good news about Jesus Christ and coming back to that message endlessly. It's almost like you'll, you, if you pay attention, you'll almost kind of hear the same sermon with different illustrations and Bible readings every Sunday. And you need that, just in the same way that we celebrate the same communion every week. We preach the, the same message over and over again. I need to hear it more than every Sunday. I need to hear it every day. Uh, every hour. Um, and uh, and so just to put a little bit of meat on the bones about all that introduction, um, we've spent the last year putting this magazine together, which I'm really excited about because it's been uh, one of my babies. And that's why I, I put the subtitle, the, the Advent is the name of the magazine, like the church, a magazine of good news. Just as we're a gospel-centered church, that's what it's all about, that our magazine therefore should be um, a gospel-centered magazine. And uh, I'm going to commend to you the whole thing, but if you'll turn to page um, 79. Uh, the last section, about 20, 25 pages of the, the um, magazine, are really helpful for understanding the Advent uh, specifically. The front two-thirds give you content that will help you understand the Advent uh, through content, through artwork, through writing, uh, in more of a sort of ethos way. Whereas here, at, starting at page 79, we kind of come to brass tacks and give you the info. Um, and so this is our, our statement about the church, which you can also find online. I love that it fits on one page, by the way, um, that uh, it's not going to overwhelm you with all kinds of data. And really, uh, these are kind of the things that we come down to uh, that we're all about and try to circle our ministries around. So this is about the Cathedral Church of the Advent. And I'm just going to read through it and, uh, and, and stop and pause and add some sort of thoughts as I do that. The Cathedral Church of the Advent was founded in 1872, one year after the city of Birmingham was founded, making the Advent one of the oldest churches in the city. Uh, by the way, the, there are five or six churches down here downtown that were the original churches because this was the residential neighborhood, believe it or not. You know, Harbert Plaza wasn't there in 1872. Houses were there. Um, so that's why all these historic churches are right here. And then the dynamics of the sh city have shifted, and uh, that's why we're... We're still here, and you drive 15 miles past many other churches to come here. Um, so uh, our th our 3,700-member congregation comprises one of the largest Episcopal parishes in the United States. And since 1982, the Advent has served as the cathedral for the Episcopal Diocese of Alabama. And by the way, Carpenter House next door, the gray building on 20th Street, is, are our diocesan offices for the regional sort of governing body for the churches in the northern two-thirds of the state of Alabama. The, uh, the Advent is a gospel-centered church with a, quote, living, daring confidence in God's grace. That's Martin Luther. Evident in our many programs and ministries, holding to what the letter of Jude calls the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. This gospel focus finds uh, the cross and resurrection of Jesus ever and only at the center. The most comprehensive summation of our traditional Anglican doctrine is found in the 39 Articles of Religion. And I'll say, if you've never heard of the 39 Articles of Religion, um, have a look. It's in the Book of Common Prayer uh, toward the back. 
in, um, in font that's smaller than the rest of the book. So pull out your magnifying glass, put on your reading glasses. And that's unfortunate because the, 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 the church has lost sight of that document um, as, a, as a sort of confession of faith. We don't really have a strict confession of faith as some Reformed or Lutheran or even the Catholic Church has. Uh, the 39 Articles is probably the closest sort of stripped-down uh, version that, that we've ever had. And it's a historic document from the, the Protestant Reformation, um, uh, specifically in England. Uh, to to explain our theology, um, and, and the Advent stands by it still, uh, and uh, the, the the prayers of the prayer book ought to spring out of it. Um, but um, anyway, I uh, I commend it to you. It's written in Elizabethan English, and it is very doctrinal. So take your time, even though it's like four or five pages, meditate on it. Um, if you're into that kind of thing. Or, you know, at least skim it to, to know what you're getting yourself into here at the Advent. The fruits of our theology are a heart for the gospel. When we say we have a heart for the gospel, we mean that we are passionate about lifting Jesus up in his life, death, and resurrection. Only Jesus has the power to change the heart of a sinner. Um yeah, so there it is. That's the, the first point and supreme uh, among the other four and the, 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 uh, the other three. And the other three points really do flow out of uh, what does it mean to have this heart for the gospel about the, the good news? Or as my friend I, uh, 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 Paul Walker, who used to be here on staff, um, he uh, is now the rector of Christ Church in Charlottesville, Virginia. He said in a, a sermon, he called it the excellent news. And I thought, gosh, that's so good. I wish I had thought of it. I think he was just sort of like like tossing it out there. Like it wasn't even premeditated. And I was so jealous that I hadn't thought to say, let's stop saying the good news, but the excellent news uh, for us, because it really is. Uh, and so if we're focused on this excellent news about who Jesus is and what he's done for us and what that means for us still now, um, what uh, what do we do about it as a church? Uh, how does it take shape? And so here are some, some thoughts. A heart for those who have not heard the gospel. Well, um, we've, we've taken it in. We've soaked it in or we're continuing to soak it in. But it's so excellent that we cannot keep it to ourselves. Let's not hide it under a bushel, but... Um, Therefore, we have a ministry of proclaiming that gospel. And I'll say not only with the clergy or the staff, but our lay leadership um, does an excellent job with this as well. There are still people in the world, even in Birmingham, who have never heard the gospel. In obedience to Christ and with compassion for others, we who are consciously aware of our own sinfulness put forth this message of Christ's love for those who have never heard. And I'll say that parenthetical, even in Birmingham, is so true. You know, we live uh, in the South where it's the Bible Belt. We're in the, the buckle of the Bible Belt. And I'll say that I'm convinced thoroughly that there are plenty of people in Birmingham, in the South, in Alabama, those who have spent their whole lives going to churches who I think have actually never even heard the gospel because their churches are telling them a different story. Uh, it really is, when it boils down to it, very short on the good news and very long on the good advice. Um, uh, you'll hear more of a message about how Jesus is your, uh, your swimming coach, but here we'll talk to you about how Jesus is 
your lifeguard. Um, and so um, I'll, I'll be as bold to say, stop going to the swimming coach churches and come to the church that talks about the lifeguard. Um, because uh, that's been, I think, it's because the, the, the Christian culture is so pervasive in um, the South, I feel like people can't even hear it. it, it the, the, the gospel gets sort of drowned out by all this sort of Christianese. I'm from San Francisco, California, and I hear it loud and clear because I, I didn't grow up in a very sort of Christianized culture. Um, but um, but here, it's the, the, sometimes ministry can be very difficult because people are so enmeshed in a, in a Christian culture that actually isn't based in the gospel. And that's unfortunate. And so that's what we're talking about here. Even those who are raised in the church, we have a heart for those who've not heard the gospel and, and those who, who, who weren't raised in the church. And that's what this next uh, part is about, a heart for those who have uh, been burned by the church. Many in our culture have had an ex- experience with the church that has turned them away from the faith. The majority of those whom sociologists called, quote, nuns, those who uh, claim no religious affiliation, say they grew up in the church. Jesus has a particular love for those burned by the church. Um, uh, I've heard this, these stories over and over again. And even I, who, someone who wasn't raised in the church, I was burned by the church as a child because... Uh, um, I, I heard messages uh, from Christian leaders that um, alienated me. Uh, and, and then there are those who grew up who were likewise, who grew up in the church, who were likewise alienated by it. Um, and so the Advent has a ministry of sort of picking up the pieces. We really have a, a heart for those folks. It's unfortunate that it's just the truth that uh, Christianity has sometimes shot itself in the foot. And finally, as the bells toll, in the city of Birmingham, and everyone can hear it, this is fitting, that we have a heart for the city of Birmingham. Um, the Advent has been a presence in Birmingham from its very beginning. We are a vibrant congregation full of talented and creative believers in the Lord Jesus. We have always sought to bring the transforming power of grace to those in need around us, and we have also worked to bless the city through the arts, historical preservation, and community involvement. The gospel touches all areas of life, and we have a heart for the city that God has called us to minister to. In all these things, we pray that Jesus is glorified and that he might use us in Birmingham and beyond. And I'll say that those bells didn't always toll. That happened in the last uh, couple few decades. And it was a deliberate decision um, that if you come here on the weekday at noon, 12 o'clock on the dot, and at 5 p.m., we play hymns. And that's a ministry for those who are going out to get lunch and those who are leaving work. And then we, we bring them on occasions like Sunday and holidays. And that's symbolic of uh, our heart for the city of Birmingham and how we want to uh, minister to those right here where we are presently located in other ways. And the magazine's a step in that direction. And I'm just going to embarrass the, the, the two of you if you flip to page uh, 14. There's an interview that I did with David and Brooke Fleming about Birmingham's renewal, uh, where we talk a lot about these things. Uh, and the, the last two pages, uh, uh, 20 and 21, uh, we talk about, well, how can the church um, participate in Birmingham's re- re- renewal? So I uh, commend that to you and everything else that's in here. Um, 
we have unfortunately run out of time. Usually I would leave it open for discussions, but this first uh, session, it's difficult to do that. Anyway, I'll be back with you next week and with Sandy, where we'll talk about it is finished, exclamation point, grace in ordinary life. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.